Go right. Matthias. Give it out. When I got on my knees, I found the true meaning of where I stand. But before I got on my knees, it was all me, 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 not you, you, you. Because that's what the world says, right? On a, and on Friday Night Lights and Saturday Night Live, getting wasted till I lose my sight, going to church wearing I'm the Christian mask because people wouldn't like me if I was unmasked. Society hates people who are different, so be a good boy and climb the corporate ladder and clean the money like it's all that matters. Well, I'm just sitting here asking, when will all this stop? Because I know that I'm not simply created to get wasted under neon lights and wake up the next day with plans to do it again. This world makes me want to throw up, so yeah, I threw up my hand. Yeah, so I... So yeah, I threw up, I threw up my hands, and I got on my knees and says, Jesus, I'm tired of this, change me. Because one day, when my kid takes my hand, I don't want my kid to look at, yeah, I don't want my kid to look at me and look at where his dad stand, said, and said, I want my kid to look at where my dad stands. Because life's not easy when you leave the boys to become a man. But in 2017, that's getting harder to believe. I'm not defined by what I have done, but rather by what Jesus has done, because Jesus Christ is king. So when I get on my knees, I know who wins. I don't care who is president. I have a God who is always present. Money doesn't matter because my God holds more wealth with one ruby on his robe. So thank God I got on my knees because if I didn't, I would just be a pathetic loser chasing the next biggest thing without realizing that the next biggest thing is Jesus. And for the first time I felt it when I got on my knees. Um, that is a little like slam poetry that I did writing. Um, when you don't have spring break at Gretna High School, you find a lot of things you can do. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, um, okay, so as Brad said, I'm Matthias Matley. Uh, I'm a senior at Gretna High School. Um, that doesn't matter because I don't matter, but he does. So um, that was, yeah, like I said, that was a slam poem that I wrote. Um, yeah, my teacher thought it was okay, so I was like, you yeah, know, we'll just use it. So anyway, um, a lot of people, I feel, like, I feel like, I'm just gonna jump right into this. I feel like a lot of people nowadays are like, they think that Jesus, Jesus isn't relevant, but Jesus is relevant just as now as today as he was back then. And a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people nowadays are like, the ones who are like the most curious about them are the ones who are most out, and that are like, most like trying to like tear the Christians down because like they're devoting their time to it, if that makes any sense. Um, and curiosity is nothing unless you act upon it. So if you're curious about something and you don't act upon it, then you're not really curious about it at all. There's a guy in the Bible named Nicodemus. He had everything. He had land, he had family, he had a wife, he had kids, he had animals, and he thought he had God. But he didn't. So, because he, he didn't have God, anything. He describes the Holy Spirit as like this. The Holy Spirit is like the wind. We can't see it. We don't understand it. But we feel the effects of it. I feel like that is very true with the Holy Spirit. Um, it's a great representation of the wind. So tonight, about four things that you have when you have Jesus. Number one is peace. Our world is really desperate for peace. If you guys, <clears throat> wow, sorry. Um, our world is really desperate for peace, if you guys haven't noticed. Um, you see, you see like, like on the news, peace trees are getting signed, and we're all like, yeah, peace treaty, good job. And then like a week later, another suicide bombing, and the peace treaty's off. Well, that's, that's a bummer, isn't it? So everybody wants peace. So in John 14, 20, Jesus says this. I believe it would be up there. Says this, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. As you can see, Jesus says, peace I give to you, not the world gives to you, because it says, the, I do not give to you as the world gives. It says, Jesus says, I give to you. A lot of people like struggle with their, 
start with like, oh, my family's fighting and stuff like that. It's like, well, what are you trying to do with it? Are you going to God with it or are you trying to do it your own way? Another, okay, so there's a short story. Um, I got a short story about this. Um, there's this congressman and a civilian. They're under the Capitol building. Civilians, I got you know, all excited because he's with the congressman and stuff. And so they're walking under the Capitol building, and this congressman, he goes into the room for the meeting and stuff. And civilian just like waits outside, and the security guard comes along. He's like, uh, sir, where's your ID at? I need your identification. Uh, where's your ID? You're not authorized to be here. And the civilian's like, oh, no, I'm with the congressman. I'm with the congressman. He's like, no, where's your ID? I need your identification. You're not authorized. He's like, I'm, with, I'm just with the congressman. He's inside. And the security officer was like, security officer said, no, you got to come with me. You're not authorized to be here. And he's like, the civilian's like, don't want to get in trouble. So he's like, okay, okay, whatever. So he starts walking up there. They, as they start walking away, this, uh, the congressman inside the meeting, he bursts through the doors and he uh, bursts through them and he's like, he's with me. He yells at, he's like, he's with me. And don't you guys think that God does the same thing with us? When the enemy like tries to move in our life, don't you think God says like, he's with me, she's with me, you're going through like struggles with your relationship, he's with me, the enemy's trying to make you do something else, she's with me, he's with me. It's the same thing how God like moves in our lives and he stops us, he stops some evil from, you know, sometimes. When it's delivered, it's honestly a beautiful thing. John 13, it says this. Should be up there. How you guys doing? Okay. Corn dog? What did he say? Okay, there he is. All right. Anyway, sorry about that. So John 13, 16 says, I have told you these things so that in, you, in, me, in me you may have peace. In this world you have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. See again, there Jesus says, take heart. Don't look at yourself. Don't look at anybody else. Look at me. Look at God. Not, okay, not me, but God. Yeah, okay. You get that. Okay. Yeah, it's just like look at God. It's like, because he's going to do there. Um, there's a story that I'm going to share. So this guy, he was, and he was really sick. He went to church like every Sunday. He was really faithful and stuff like that. And the day they went to church, uh, he went up to the pastor and said, hey, pastor, can you pray for me? And the pastor's like, yeah, sure, I would love to. I'd love to pray for you. And pastor, pastor's like, the pastor's like, what do you want me to pray for? Do you want me to pray for healing? Do you want me to pray for uh, that God's comfort would be there? And the old man was like, no, I want you to pray that my father would take me home soon because I've seen enough of this world and to know that I don't want any more of it. That's peace with God. There's no fear of death. He's not afraid of dying because he knows that he's going to go to heaven. He has peace with God. That's a great example of what peace of God looks like. Because, honestly, doctors don't have the last say. Jesus has the last say. There's other examples of peace with God in the Bible. Daniel in the lion den. Daniel had peace with God that, he was gonna, that God was going to shut those lions' mouths. David and Goliath. David was trying to prove that there was a God in Israel. And, they, uh, yeah, David had peace with God when he cut off Goliath's head. Noah and the ark. A lot of people thought Noah was just a crazy old little man. Um, you're building this boat for what? There's like nothing over there. You know what I mean? And like floods come and he's like, peace with God. Peace with God. He had peace. And the last one was, um, there's probably a lot more, but the last one I wrote down was uh, after the disciple, after Jesus left disciples, the disciples knew that they were going to be like persecuted and they're going to be mocked and they're going to be attacked at because they followed Jesus and stuff like that. But they had peace with God that they would go into the world and do the Great Commission like it says in Matthew 28, 16 through 20. 
and make disciples of all nations. All right, number two, you have a friend. When you know Jesus, you have a friend. Proverbs 18.24 says this. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? What I picture this as, you can have all the friends in the world, but if you don't have Jesus, you are nothing. Think about that. If you have all the friends in the world, but you don't have Jesus, then you are nothing. Because I feel like that true love from a friend looks cross, because Jesus sent his son to be our friend to die on our cross, to take away all of our sins. I, there was a while back where I lost my faith. Um, I lost my faith, and I kind of just like followed the world and stuff like that. And I felt like for a while like it worked, but then after a while I got really sick of it. And I was just tired of it. And then there was this one day, um, I, was at the, I was at this camp, and I literally just felt like God was like standing right next to me. And he just kind of like shook me in the shoulders and then just like slapped me. And it's like, oh, hey, Jesus, hey, I didn't know you are there. And... It was awesome. It was an awesome, that was a really good turning point for me, and it was an awesome experience for me to feel there. Um, Jesus also says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. See, other friends, they might leave you. They might forsake you. But one who sticks closer than a brother, they're probably not going to leave you because they care, much, they care a lot about you. John 15, 14 says this. You are friends if you do what I want. Hold on, let me start that again. All right, you are my friends if you do what I command. See, we live in a society that says we are all children of God. That is a lie. As Jesus says in John 8, 44, you are of your father, the devil. So what that is meaning is like this. So it's like, okay, so you're children of God, you're a child of God, so that means, you know, you believe in Jesus, you believe in the Bible and stuff like that, and you keep going and you're going to get to heaven, Okay. But if you're a child, if you're not a child of God, then you're a child of Satan, you're going to hell. Like, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward, but you will spend an eternity in hell. I know I'm pretty deep, um, but honestly, I feel like, I feel like that, that's honestly like what Jesus is. It's like Jesus is like heaven or it's hell. There's no middle ground where you go in between. Because if, because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, sorry. Um, and so our, de- our punishment for sin would be hell. But through Jesus, we can come and we can go to heaven with him. Number three, forgiveness. Colossians 1, 13 through 14 says this. And also Dan, Daniel 9, 9. Um, Colossians, okay, so Colossians 1, 13 through 14 says this. For he has rescued us from the pain of the darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. And then Daniel 9.9 9 says this, The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. Guys, think about that. What does that mean to you guys? In Micah, it, all, in Micah it also says that our sins are buried at the bottom of the sea. Now, I find, that, I find this really interesting. Because we devoted, like, as like a country, we've, we've devoted a lot of time to going up right, to space, but we haven't spent a lot of time going down, okay? So if God says that we, if Micah says that we buried our sins in the bottom of the sea, I wonder, I mean, I, I don't know if this is like real or not, but it's like, I kind of find it funny that we always keep trying to go up instead of down, because we can't handle what goes down, because when we get down into that water, it's going to pressurize and we're just going to like fold like paper, 
but we can withstand it when going up. So I feel like, you guys get where I'm going with that? You get where I'm going? Okay, good. Sometimes I just like talk with myself in the internal. Yeah, see, there. I like that. Good job. Okay. All right. Anyway, um, in the first part of Colossians, it says, for he has rescued us. Because we were all destined to hell from birth. Because we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all destined. So he came and he rescued us. In Psalms 103.12, it says this. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. This one, okay, this one really blew my mind. I was in a really deep thought one night, and I was thinking this, I was like, hmm, okay, as far as from the west, how far is that? Does the east ever touch the west? Or does it just continue on? Right? Because, like, if it's going to wrap it back around, then, well, then the world is going to keep going, though. Going from the east to the west. And so if God says this, if God says if he forgets our sins from as far as the east is from the west, I'm pretty sure he's going to forget it, right? Because that is a very, very long distance away. What's, okay, yeah, so, and then God also wants us, like, when we sin and stuff like that, God also wants us to ask for his forgiveness. Like, yes, we know it's wrong, and we probably, like, pray the mental prayer, and be like, God, forgive me of my sin and stuff like that. But he wants us to, like, just say it out loud and declare it to him, because that'll help us grow. That'll, I've, experiences over the years, but that has helped me, like, the sins that I've committed, like, if I, like, talk to God about that, it's really helped me grow in my relationship with him, and it'll just, like, show me a lot of different pathways, too. God does judge our sins, I feel like, and so I wrote this point down and says God is a judge, but a lot of people don't talk about that, but a lot of people, other, the, the one thing that goes along with God as a judge is that he's not one of those corrupt court justices court judges that we have today. God is a justice judge who judges justicely. Well, that was really hard to say. Yeah. Yeah, so he's not a corrupt judge, and he loves us, and he cares for us. Another thing is there was religious men, religious men who came and took Jesus from the cross. I heard this from another pastor, and he said that religious men took um, to the cross. Now, think about that. The religious men were like for Jesus, right? <clears throat> So they're for Jesus, but then at the very end, they, came, they were the ones who came and took him to go die on the cross. I find that very interesting, actually, because it's like they're for God, then why are they taking him to kill him? Because they don't, they, don't know what, they don't know what the plan is, right? They don't know what the plan is. Um, okay, so then when Jesus was on that cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. And I believe... Because when Jesus was on that cross, he was standing on that, he was not standing there on that cross, what am I saying? He was hanging there on that cross, and disciples were nowhere to be found. Now think about that. If God was fully man and fully God, that would probably break his heart, right? How would you guys feel like if you guys were in a suffering spot and your friends just like abandoned you? Like that would hurt, right? Yeah, exactly. So when Jesus was on that cross and there's nowhere, his disciples were nowhere to be found, probably broke his heart. But, God, but, God, but the thing is, God was still there for them. He still cared for them. He forgave them. He was still there for them. That's where that forgiveness comes in. Because he forgave even though they weren't there in his like, biggest need. Peter denied. Judas betrayed. But God was still there for them. He still forgave them and he still cared about them. It's amazing to see like, what God can do um, with forgiveness and stuff like that. I know that in my own life um, that I've done some pretty bad things. Um, I've been through a lot, too. I was bullied for, oh, I don't know, probably like six years throughout middle school and high school. 
It sucked. Um, but no, but God is like, through that, God has shown me so many different pathways that I can take. And he's also given me the ability to reach out to others and be like, hey, if this doesn't work, try this. And try like the back route. So, um, I've been talking to a couple of my friends at school, at Gretna High School. Um, you can ask Logan Davidson about this. I don't know if he's here. I think he is. Um, yeah, but we, we go to Gretna, and um, Gretna is not a friendly Christian school. Um, it's, a, it's kind of like a Catholic community, but everybody's very harsh on religion. And so Logan and I, we wear like Christian shirts all the time. Um, people come up to us all the time, they make fun of us, stuff like that, and we just kind of laugh because like, we know what's going to happen. Yes, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, we're not, like, trying to, like, judge them or anything, but, like, we're still praying for them, we're still trying to reach out to them and connect with them and stuff like that. Um, but, like, we, I don't think there, I don't think there hasn't been a day where I've been attacked because of my faith. Um, and that's awesome, though. I love that because it's, like, some of them, some of them, I look in their eyes and I see this, like, you want to believe, but you're afraid of losing something. A lot of them, I feel like, you would, you would put your faith in Jesus, but you're afraid of losing your friends, losing your popularity, losing your status, losing your Instagram followers, your Snapchat thingies. Stor- is it stories? I don't know. I don't have streaks. I don't have Instagram. I mean, Snapchat. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, streaks. So you're, lo- you're afraid of losing that because in my life, back in, I used to live in Kearney, Nebraska. You guys know where that's at? That is in Nebraska. I've literally talked to people and like, Carney, where's that at? I'm like, oh, it's in Nebraska. I'm like, oh. Anyway, um, it's not all farmland either. There's majority of it, it kind of is. Um, but anyway, so like I went to this middle school called Horizon Middle School, and then I went to Kearney High School too uh, for my freshman year. And I know that um, like eighth grade year, into freshman year, I was really like all for Jesus and going out, out like that. And then one by one, like I just like picture my friends in a line, and one by one they just start dropping off, dropping off, dropping off, dropping off, dropping off. And so then all of a sudden, so I look at it, I'm like, wow, I'm by myself. Okay. Um, and so those, those two years were really rough. But through that, God has been like, hey, you don't need that relationship anymore. You don't need to be talking to person because that person is going to lead you down the wrong path. And he just dropped him off. Dropped him off. And that's when like kind of the bullying kind of started too. But God has been always there for me, and he's always forgave me of my sins and stuff like that. So that's where that kind of comes in. All right, the last one, hoping. I find these two, these, these, these two sentences very, very, very interesting. If you know Jesus, if you know Jesus, this world will be the closest thing to hell you will ever know. But if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know Jesus, then this world will be the closest thing to heaven you will ever know. Guys, think about that. If, this, if you don't know Jesus, this world would be the closest thing to hell, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, no, the closest thing to heaven you will ever know. How would you guys like to live here for, in heaven like this? I wouldn't like to. I wouldn't like to. Because I, I look at our world and I see, like, you guys news. What do you guys see? You guys see murders, a couple of murders every day, a couple of robbery at banks. Actually, on the news tonight, I think there was a robbery at a coffee shop. I don't know why you would rob a coffee shop. But um, you see, like, robbers, like, in everything. You see killings. Um, there's also, like, this highway shooter or something like that in Minnesota or something like that. Um, it's crazy. And then, like, you know, every once in a while, you see a little puppy that's like, oh, he caught a tree, like, three way. You know what I mean? It's like something like that. Um, but, yeah, so, like, think about that. If you don't know Jesus, then this world is the closest thing to heaven you will ever know. That, in my mind, that's really scary. But through Jesus, 
he's given that ability to be like, there are hope in Christ because without Christ, there is destruction. And in the end, there will be a lot of destruction. I also find this pretty interesting too. If you are a true follower of God, you hold a, you hold a key to heaven's gate, so why wouldn't you share that with somebody else? Does that make sense? If Jesus is a cure for the disease of this world and these people, and you hold the key to heaven's gate, why wouldn't you want to share that with somebody else? That's like saying, it's like, hey, I found the cure for cancer, but I'm just going to hide it in my pocket. No, it's like, hey, I found the cure for cancer. You know, take all of it. Just go, go. And it's like, multiply it somehow. I don't know how you, I'm really bad at science, people. Just, math is my thing. Um, but yeah, so it's like, if you hold the key to heaven's gate, why wouldn't you want to share that with somebody else? Because heaven is already going to be a lot of fun, first of all. Heaven's going to be a blast. But it's going to be even more fun if all your friends are there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, heaven is going to be a blast. I cannot wait for heaven. Honestly, I picture heaven, and I just picture us throwing marshmallows at each other. Not like those, type, those giant ones, you know, just chucking marshmallows at each other. I think that would be awesome. I'm going to ask God for that tonight. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I think of that. I think, it, okay, really side note, I just think it's like a little fluffy town. Like a little fluffy, I know, right? Yeah, yeah, see, you get me, yeah, see. Okay, so anyway, okay, there's this one last story that I want to, um, so there's this guy. He lives next to this bridge, okay? This bridge was kind of on a hill, so it kind of went up like this and went back down. Um, he lives next to the bridge. In the middle of the night, there's, a, you know, those beams that support the bridge. The middle one collapsed. Uh, the bridge caved in. The bridge collapsed. This is in the night. One by one, cars just kept driving off, not knowing that their bridge was collapsed, and they kept falling to death, falling to death, falling to death. This guy got out, got, saw this out of his house. Went and grabbed two flashlights, went to the middle of the road, and he was like waving. He's like, no, stop, wait, hold on. The bridge just collapsed. And these cars kept going by him, just kept going by him. They weren't listening to him. And how that relates to the hope of heaven is this. I am like no different than that man today. Like if you don't believe in Jesus, like talk to your leader um, or do something like that. But he was there to just like being like, hey, stop. Look at your life. Stop, 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 stop. Do this before anything else just happens. You know what I mean? He's like trying to save their life. Um, because honestly, if, you're, if you don't know Jesus or your friends don't know Jesus, they are one breath away from eternity in hell. One breath. Think about that. One breath. It's like, <gasps> done. That's all it took. One And so if you decide to like put your faith in Jesus or is like if you want to be, um, just want to know how to like stand stronger, make sure like in the schools, in the schools stand strong. Um, I know it's hard. Logan Davidson and I, that's really hard. Um, but we get through it. We always have each other's back. Um, that makes the world to me, too. Um, I love you, Logan. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, so stand firm him because we live in a world that I feel like that hates Jesus. Or that's like we have a lot of like Christians who follow God um, who say they do it, but they don't actually do. So make sure you uh, stay strong. And then if you guys are like wanting more, just go to a church that actually like preaches the Bible and stuff like that. Um, because the Bible is amazing. I would de highly recommend getting into it. Um, I love First Peter. I also love James. If you really want to know how to live your life for Christ, I would read the book of James. So, yeah, that's all I got for tonight. So thank you guys. I really appreciate it.